So the full blessing of the gospel awaits us, yeah, but some don't experience it. So the full blessing of the gospel, it's ours for the taking. And in Romans 15, 29, this is what the word of the Lord says, Romans 15, 29. says, but I know that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. So here, as Paul is speaking, he's saying, when I come to you, I want to come, and I know I'm going to come, in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. If there's a fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ, that means you can actually walk in the, in, in partially, you can walk partially in the blessing of the gospel of Christ. But God wants you to walk in the fullness of it. See, there's a lot of people that w walk in the partial blessing of the gospel, and they're that's all they know, and so they think it's good, but I'm telling you, there's more. And you learn how to saturate yourself in the spirit of the living God, and it is a learned thing because there's this, this is not modeled anywhere out there, is it, church? And so, and so we have to learn how to really set our gaze upon him, focused on the word, but focused on the true freedom that he gives us. And then when we do that, and you can only do that when you trust him, and when you do that because you trust him, he bombards you with all of heaven, and that's why you look so different but it shouldn't be that you look different. It should be the norm. The fullness of the blessing of the gospel, not just partial. Have you ever heard that scripture? And have you ever, has that ever come to you? I'm telling you, when I was studying for this message, and, the, and that just came, it just jumped off the page. The fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. We would read right by that scripture and go, yeah, yeah let's go on to the main part. That is the main part. That is the main, he wants us to walk fully. He wants us to walk completely. He wants us to walk saturated. He wants us to be absorbed in him. So the fullness of the blessing of the gospel awaits us and not everyone finds it. Not everyone experiences this. See, some have not understood the anointing. That's half the problem. Some have not understood the anointing, and so they were more comfortable just watching than actually jumping in, right? But we're, but we're not going to rob ourselves. We're not going to let ourselves be robbed. You won't let, your, let yourselves be robbed because we know what's available. We have tasted and we have seen of his goodness. So it's, it's time. It's time to renew our thinking. It's time. Say it's time to renew my thinking, 1 Corinthians 2, 4 and 5. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Our faith is in the power of God. So therefore, we should be able to demonstrate his power. It's how we are called to live. We should all be able to demonstrate his power because if the word says this is what our faith should be in, then the word has also equipped you to actually carry it out. Right? So we should be able to demonstrate with power what we're called to walk in. You're called to walk in a supernatural walk. You're called. Not demonstrations of the flesh, but of the spirit. Amen? That means you can't wait for your mind or your emotions to connect. You, 
You get to connect to the spirit of God. You cannot wait. I'm going to wait till I feel it. I don't feel anything right now. I don't feel, I don't know what they're all talking about. I don't feel a thing. You can't wait until you feel something in your mind or you think something in your thoughts or your emotions before you jump in. There is a way of jumping in simply because you trust the Lord. You trust the creator. You know that he says, if you worship me, I will come. If you worship me in spirit and in truth, watch what I will do for you. Just based on faith, say faith is the currency of the kingdom. And so therefore, because faith is the currency of the kingdom, I will take by faith the word of God and literally learn to jump in and not wait for my emotions to tell me what to do. Because too many people get shortchanged because they're waiting for their emotions. But if their emotions are not set on what is right before them, they could miss the beauty realm of God, the abundance of God, right? So we're not going to wait for our minds or for our, emotion, our emotions to connect to the Holy Spirit, right? So when the Spirit begins to move in the church, we must drink. Church, when the Spirit of God begins to move, if I can just teach you this one thing today, is, is that when the Spirit of God begins to move, church, drink. Just drink. Let's go to Ephesians 5, 18. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. The word filled. That word filled means to make full. It means to fill up. It means to drink. It means to make complete or to make perfect. So he pours out to fill us, and then we are commanded to drink. Do you see how simple that is? It's so simple. He pours out so that we get Filled, but we still must drink of what's available. And it takes faith. It takes setting aside maybe thoughts or distractions sometimes. A lot of times it's just distractions that you just need to set aside. But you know who's ready to distract you other than the deceiver, the enemy of your souls, right? But when we but we know it's a wile of the enemy. We already went over that. The schemes, the methods, the wiles of the devil, right? So we know that's a scheme. It's, it's a scheme that you're not going to fall for anymore. He pours out to fill us up. So, but we are commanded to drink. Isaiah 12.3 says this. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. With joy, you're going to draw water from the wells of salvation. Think about this for a moment. He wants us to literally realize that he has given, he has given us joy, but that joy, we must draw it from the wells of salvation. He is the author and the perfecter of our faith. He is salvation, right? Salvation means to be healed, to be saved, to be delivered. So in other words, to be saved from your sins, right? To be healed of diseases, right? To be totally delivered from demonic strongholds. But he has given us joy that we would draw that water. We would draw that water from wells. They're called living springs and they are only found in Christ. That's why the only true happiness that you can ever find is in Christ. The only true joy, the only way that you're going to truly be content and be happy is in Christ. And nothing outside of Christ is going to give you lasting joy. Nothing outside of Christ is going to give you lasting happiness because it comes from God. He is the one that created us and who created us with a vacancy 
so to speak, that is only filled when we worship him. So if you're not worshiping him in the way we're talking about here today, there's always a longing for something that's more, but you, didn't, but you never received it. You never walked in it because you didn't understand. Just keep pressing into my heart because that's where you get filled. Just keep drinking from the wells, the waters of salvation, because there's joy there. Therefore, with joy, you will draw waters from the wells of salvation with joy. He makes our joy complete. Right? And all we did is worship him. All we did is, Lord, I'm not going to be on the sidelines watching anymore as a spectator. No longer. I'm jumping in both feet into the deep end. I'm literally going to jump in. No longer am I going to watch. I'm going to participate fully. So when we set our minds, when we walk through those doors and say, I'm participating today. Oh, I'm ready to participate today. I don't know what you have in store for me today, Lord. But I know, Lord, that I'm going to receive it all today. See, that kind of anticipation, that kind of joy, that kind of hope. Do you know that God will not deny you when you're pressing in for his will, which is his, this is his will. So you will not be denied because you're literally pressing in for what he's already called the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. Revelation twenty two seventeen. He pours out to fill us up, but we are commanded to drink. That's what I'm trying to prove to you right now. Revelation twenty two seventeen. It says, "And the spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him who hears say, Come, and let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Whose job is it to take the water of life?" Ours. It's ours. But we can take freely. We get it's all free. And we get to partake freely. Like why wouldn't you? It's a free gift. It's a free gift. Just like salvation is a free gift, right? But we get to drink of the waters of life freely because it's a free gift. Now what kind like the only people that don't really understand like they don't freely take, freely receive and worship is be people that don't understand this gift that's free. And they think they're still having to earn something. Or they're disappointed in themselves and they basically get stuck, you know, in the back door. When God says, that has been forgiven. That has been erased. You get to drink freely. The price has been paid. You get to drink freely. When you drink freely from the waters of salvation, from the rivers of my heart, my delight, when you drink freely, there is what more that I want to give you. There's an understanding and a revelation that's going to open up your mindset. And you're going to walk as one that knows you belong to Christ. You're going to walk in a belonging, not trying to, not trying to achieve something or become something, but walking in who you already are. You are a bondservant of the Lord God. If you're saved, you're a bondservant, which means you have freely laid your life down and said, Lord, I'm yours. Lord, I'm yours. Teach me what I need to be taught. Teach me how to worship. Teach me how to walk in the spirit. Teach me how to lay down the things that are, that are like a bondage to my heart. But I will live for Jesus. Amen. So it's that internal decision. So if, if that hasn't really fully happened, then what happens is, is there is a limitation in your worship. Well, I wonder what people are thinking. Well, I wonder what they're going to think of me if they see me acting like that. Because that seems a little wacko. She looks a little cuckoo. She, maybe that's okay for her. I mean, she's wearing a long dress. I don't know. Like, what's up with her? But when you get to that place where you don't care either because the Lord, oh my goodness, do you have something to be thankful for? Right? We all have something to be thankful for. But 
I mean, he ravishes your heart. Come on, Pastor Jennifer. He ravishes our heart. The poor girl, she's trying to just take notes. She can't even write. Why? Because she's being undone in the love of God right now. She can't even. Just listen to the replay, honey. Don't worry about writing the notes right now, honey. Because you're not going to be able to write it all down. But you're getting it. Oh, my goodness. The world does not have any of this. Mm-mm. The, the joy they have is a counterfeit. And the joy they have, it's not real joy. The happiness they have is a counterfeit. Revelation twenty two seventeen. we already read it. Only way to not be touched is to not drink. That's the only way to not be touched is to just, just don't drink. Just come and watch. Just come and watch everyone else have a great old time with Jesus. Go ahead and just watch them. Just go ahead and be like, hmm, I wonder why she... Why, why does she have her hands up? Why, is, why does he worship like that? Now, now, why is he doing this jerking thing? Now, why is she doing, why is she laughing? Why, why is this one so still? Why is that one saying fire? Like, what in the world is going on here? So the only way, you know, if you don't want anything that God has for you, okay, you don't want to be touched, just don't drink. Just don't drink. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1. These are some Old Testament examples. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers went under the cloud. They all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud, in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food. Are we all drinking and eating of the same spiritual food? Yes. For they drank of the spiritual rock. Hey, hallelujah. The spiritual rock that followed them. I have a rock, the rock, and he follows after me. Everywhere I go, the rock is Jesus Christ. So they drank of the same spiritual rock. They followed them. That rock was Christ Jesus. But, look at verse 5. But with most of them, God was not pleased. For their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Wow. So some of them, it looked like they ate. Some of them looked like they sang. Some of them looked like they were doing everything they were supposed to be doing, but they weren't. And God's not going to be mocked, nor will he be fooled. Listen, you could look like a Christian, act like a Christian, but your heart could be far from him. That's not who you're called to be. You're called to jump in. You're called to look at his word. You're called to say, Lord, I don't want any of me to hinder what you are doing. And so erase whatever is in my mind, any, any preconceived ideas of how I should walk, how I should live, and totally, Lord, just do a complete overhaul. I am yours. Show me what I need to know. You know, that's one of the best kinds of prayers you can ever pray is, Lord, show me what I need to know. Teach me how to worship. Teach me how to pray. Some people just think they know how to pray and they just jump in there, but it's the same old, same old. But God says, I wanted you to teach you. I wanted to teach you a new way. I wanted to teach you how to really press in. Do you only teach your children the elementary things for those that have children? And then when they get, they master that, is that it? Are you done? Or do you take them further? But God wants to take us further. And he, and sometimes we don't get to go further because we're like, thank you very much. I already have the elementary steps. I'm good here. But they don't say it, but that's what they, that's what they expect. Right? And so then they show up at a, at a worship service that's, that's similar to this. Maybe it even is this one. And they're like, what in the world? Like, what is this? What is this is God's trying to teach you how to go deeper in the, in the realm of the spirit. But not in a cuckoo, wacko way. But still based on the word of truth. 
Because God wants more for you. There is freedom in the house of the Lord today. There is freedom in his house. And we must do it his way. But we must realize there is a will that is springing up within you. Don't stifle it. People stifle it and they think they're going to drink. But the well has been stifled. Unplug the well. And sometimes you just need to literally say, I'm unplugging the well. So the only way to not be touched is to not drink. But we're going to drink. We drink all the time. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. So we have to be taught sometimes how to drink, which means we have to be taught how to yield to the Holy Spirit. When I say drink, you know, like it says being filled, right, by the Holy Spirit, I'm talking about being taught how to yield, being taught how to yield. The more healed you get, the more yielded you become, the more filled you are, right? The more healed that you are, the more yielded you become and the more, and the more filled you become. So it's a sequence, right? There's, there's some steps, right? But every time you come with an openness, every time you come with a, a yielded heart, do you trust that God is meeting you here? Do you trust that God is doing something for you? You may not always be able to uh, articulate it, you, you know? I, when I first learned how to walk in the spirit, I could not articulate what God was doing. I can articulate it now, but back then, no, I had to trust that although I felt like a complete fool, that it was God. I had to trust. So you have to, you know, and I, I loved him, and I still do, but I loved him talking years ago when, and I just had to trust. You know, love is equated trust. If you really love him, you're going to trust. You're going to take that step out of faith, in faith. And when he says, I want you to do this, but nobody else is doing it, Lord, I don't care. I want you to do this. Do you trust me? Do do I have, do you, is is are, is your attention fully on me? See, see, he's, I'm not talking about just being radically weird, just for weird's sake. No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about being so in love with the Lord that you're so yielded to what he is telling you to do, that your heart becomes very engaged, sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We just celebrated, well, 4th of July, right? And so some of, some of you are with some family and friends, and, and I'm sure, and I hope and pray you had a great time. But at the same time, great is right here. We use that word great, and we probably shouldn't use the word great because it's not that great. But great is when you're totally engaged in the presence of the Lord, right? So it was, it was a good time. It was nice. Thank you, Jesus. We enjoyed it. But great is what he wants you to live in. He wants you to live in the greatness of God. But the only way you can live in the greatness of God is if you learn to drink, even at the 4th of July, even at parties, family parties. Learn how to drink, although you're the only one drinking. How are you drinking? There's no worship music. You're worshiping on the inside. And even if it's not words come out of your mouth, it's still a desire in your heart that's stirring. You're, you're dialoguing with him the whole time. You're literally dialoguing with him. It's like you know that you're like a foreigner and you're put in the land totally all by yourself like this oasis. It becomes an oasis. What the enemy wanted to be a desert, all of a sudden it becomes an oasis because God in you is enough. So we can learn to drink no matter where we go. He's incredible. He's just so good. He just changes us completely. Just changes us. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We have to be taught and we have to learn how to drink and be yielded to the Holy Spirit. So how to let the power of God touch us. Uh, John 7, 38 says, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. He who believes he who believes in me, now that word believes is a big word because it doesn't mean like, oh yeah, I, I know that there's a God. 
No, he who fully believes and has completely given their heart to him, when you fully believe, when you are in, because you have confessed with your mouth, you know that Jesus is Lord, because you believe in your heart, you know that God has raised him from the dead, you fully believe in him. It says, he who believes in me, this is Jesus speaking. These are, the words are in red. Jesus is speaking. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow. Not out of your mind. Out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. The spirit like a river. The spirit is like a river. What you carry, then you carry to other people. You cannot carry to somebody else that which you don't first carry yourself. We must learn to drink of the rivers of living water. If you believe and you saturate yourself in his word and you yield to him fully, then you are a prime candidate for the rivers of living water to start to really flow through you. And then you will give to somebody else that which they don't have. And then they realize, wow, is that what I've been missing the whole time? Yes, learn to drink. Learn to drink. And then some of you go, but we, we drink all the time. We'll learn to drink deeper. Go deeper in him by recognizing, wow, Lord, I, you just fill me up all the time. I don't know how much more I can handle. John 4 and verse 25. Because after they have this whole dialogue, the woman says to him, verse 25, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus right here reveals himself as the Messiah to this woman for the first time. He first reveals himself to a woman as the Messiah. Listen to what he says in verse 26. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you, am he. She just got done saying that I know that the Messiah is coming. She knew based on the Old Testament scriptures that the Messiah was coming. He says, I am the Messiah. He says, I who speak to you am he. Jesus revealed himself to a woman. He shouldn't even have been speaking to a woman according to their traditions and their laws. But yet Jesus was saying, no, no, no. I will speak to anyone that will come to me. I will give the living water to anyone that literally just seeks after my face. This is not a male or a female. This is not about that. This is about a yielded, willing servant. Are you seeking him? Because if you are, there is rivers, there are rivers of living water that he wants to pour into you. The revelation that this woman received, then she went and she spoke it to her whole, to the whole town. And so many people got saved. So many people believed. She said, come and see. Come and see. Same with you. Come and see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Come and see. She experienced something, didn't she? She didn't keep it within herself. What did she experience? The living waters. I mean, he says, oh, yeah, you know, I know. I know your story. I know that you've been married. You know, I, I know that you've been married, you know, these five times here. I know that you, the man that you're living with right now is not even your husband. I know all about you. She's like, how do you know this? You must be a prophet. How do you know this, right? He's like, I have water. I, I have living waters that I, I can give to you and you'll never thirst again. 
This is what Jesus does for us. He gives us that living water that when we drink, then we'll never thirst again. But then he says, but yet at the same time, we don't thirst for something that we've already found. We found him. But then what we do is we do yield ourselves to drinking deeper of the revelatory knowledge that he has for us so that we literally walk as a, in the high calling of God that he has for us. Does this make sense? There is a, there is a, when he was speaking to this woman, he was telling her, your life doesn't have to be the way it is right now. There's a remedy. I am the remedy. You don't, you don't have to live the way you've been living. You've been used. You've been abused. You've been tossed aside. Like that can't be a good feeling. You just get discarded over and over. I don't care whose fault it was. Nobody wants to be rejected that many times. But the bottom line is she was alone until Jesus met her. And at that moment, he offered her living water, didn't he? And he's offering us living water, and most of you are saved, but, and some of you may not be, but I'm telling you right now, today you can be, because today is the day of salvation. He's offering us living water, and then when we receive that living water, he says, now I want you to drink and continue to drink. It says to be ye being filled. The verse in Ephesians 5 and 18 is actually translated, be ye being filled. So in other words, a continual filling. And remember, I already described to you what the word filled means. It means to drink. It means to be made complete. It means to be made whole. It means to partake. So that's something that we get to continually do because now there are wells, uh, rivers, uh, there's a fountain, and it's flowing. And just because it's flowing doesn't mean that every Christian is partaking in it. And that was my point for this message. We're not going to be a spectator. You will not be spectators anymore if that's where you were, but instead a partaker. Verse 28 says, the woman left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men, verse 29, come and see a man who told me all things that I ever did. She left her water pot, didn't she? Because she was, you know, when you're really excited about something and sometimes you forget everything that's going on, you just go run and you go, oh, I forgot about that. You know, she was so excited. It was like the best Christmas present somebody could have ever given her. She was broken. She was hurting. And Jesus met her right where she was at. She didn't say, hey, I can't speak to you. Where's the man in this, in this village? Where's the man in this town? I need to speak to that man. No, he spoke to her because he always was liberating women. That's why. But at the same time, he's also liberating those that have a hunger and a heart to choose him. And that has nothing to do with your gender. You could be male, you could be female, but if you're seeking after God, God is surely right there drawing you into him because he's the one that seeks after us. We just need to respond. And I love verse 29 because she went to her town and she told everybody. She left her water pot and then she said, come see a man who told me things, all things that I've ever done. Come and see a man. She was marked by that encounter, wasn't she? When water was offered to her, when a drink was offered to her, she was marked by that encounter. It was not the typical time of day to go, right? And that was on purpose because she was a sinful woman. Nobody wanted to be around her. She was shunned. Jesus didn't care. When the disciples came back and they saw him speaking to her, they were concerned. They marveled, why are you talking to her? I love the fact that Jesus sees hunger. He doesn't see the outward necessarily. He sees the hunger first. He sees the potential first. He sees the heart first. He says, this is one that I can use. I know that you're broken. I know, what you're, I know your story. 
I know what you've gone through. I know your pain. But he sees the hunger first. Will you let your pain draw you to the hunger of Christ? And then from that point, will you drink deep, deeper than you've drank before? Because this is exactly what God is offering to us today. We're not going to just watch. We're not going to just spectate. No longer. And I don't believe, I think most of you have not, you guys have been jumping in anyways. But I am here to literally encourage you to go further, to jump in further and faster. Like at the very, very beginning, like when you walk in through those doors, you should already be drunk in the Holy Ghost. You should already be anticipating the arrival of the Holy Spirit because he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. So he's with us at all times, right? So there's an expectation that God says, I want you to expect my arrival, anticipate it.